Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. No parent should ever have to go through the pain and suffering that my next guest and her husband are experiencing. In September, during open heart surgery, nine-year-old Baby O'Connor passed away after a routine post-operation procedure triggered a cardiac arrest. Bavian was born with an extremely rare congenital heart defect and in her sh- nine short years of life, she made a huge impression, not just in people in her local area, but around the world. Bavian's life was filled with more love and fun than some people experience over their whole life and now her parents want to honour her memory. They are urging all of us, everybody around the world to carry out an act of kindness in Bavian's name and share it via their Heart Angel website, which was set up in Bavian's memory. Irene O'Connor, Bavian's mum, is with me now. How are you doing, Irene? I'm good. Thank you so much, Nate, for having us on the programme to share Vivian's challenge and to, to, to get her name out more. We're, we're so delighted to have the opportunity. No, absolutely. First of all, thank you for taking the time to speak to me today. It is not easy. And my condolences to you and husband Owen. I really appreciate you doing this. But tell me about Vivian because she was such a special child. When you think of her, what sort of things spring to, spring to your mind? Well, yeah, everyone was telling me that when she was alive, but I, I genuinely believed that it was just people being nice and kind um, about her little girl because obviously she, she had a very, very serious um, condition with heterotaxy. Um, but the main, the, the hardest part of that condition was, was her heart. So she was only born with half a heart, so just two chambers. Um, so she had to go through uh, an operation when she was 11 months old in Crumlin. It was called the Fontaine. Um, we would baby was really hard got. She's our only child, and um, during her twenty-two week um, anomaly scan when I was pregnant, they told us that baby would probably be incompatible with life. Um, since since I was pregnant, I was a terrible fear that there was something wrong with the baby. I was always worried about it. And when we when I had my fourteen week scan, it was even the doctors and my parents and even my husband was thinking it was me because I kept going, "There's something wrong with this child." child isn't right, something wrong with the baby. And then, of course, we got the shock of our lives when we were told that um, in September, it was the 17th of September 2010, that we, we heard the words that your daughter mightn't be compatible with life. So we had many scans during a few months. We went to Crumlin and it was actually her um, professor, cardiologist, Colin McMahon, at the end of October that gave us some hope that, like, that, that she might live. Mm. Um, so we had to move up to Dublin because it was really bad snow. I don't know if you remember. In, I in do September. remember it, yes. So we had to move up before because lots of these babies are born prematurely and she needed to be um, born in Hollis Street and moved directly to Crumlin. But as usual, as she did not all her life, she beat the odds and she actually had to... Um, 
the had a cesarean on the 20th of January um, 2011. So she she went all the way up to her due date. And then when she came out, um, we were told she might be like really, you know, with, you know, premature baby, like, mm. she might have, you know, need a lot of help. But she came out at £10. Wow. <laughs> and there was like a resuscitation team and everything on the other side of the room waiting for her. But she cried and... She did so well and um, Professor McMahon was so good. She came over from Crumlin Tolerance to to check out her heart and, and thankfully he said, look, it's a little bit better than we thought and we'll move her to Crumlin. So she went to Crumlin and we were home within 10 days, which was another shock. She'd Amazing, yeah. So we were so lucky with her. She's the light of our life. Was just After waiting for so long to have this baby, we were just static and over the moon and she was waiting for her operation for the Fontan um, but she couldn't have a normal Fontan because she wasn't like the, the normal heterotracks or hydroplastic left heart children some parents might, who are listening might know about that which is a little bit more common than what had done what Davine had so she had to have um, instead of having three stages in surgery like it's supposed to be done she had to have like a really big operation nearly all together which was um, very very terrifying for us and we actually got the call um on the week before Christmas. So we got the call on, on Monday evening and she was up on the 21st of December. She had her first open heart surgery and she was in ICU and we were obviously completely worried. But it was a, it was like a Christmas miracle because mm. on Christmas Eve, the 24th, she sat up in bed and wanted to play with toys. And it was her first Christmas in Crumlin and of course we weren't very prepared. But thankfully Santa came at two o'clock in the, mor- in the morning. Like, wow. There was a hundred children. The most... Severe children were in Crumlin on Christmas Eve that year and Santa actually comes around with a little bag on their back and gives us the presents at two o'clock. So Santa still finds his way to Crumlin and it just was magical. Colin, Colin Farrell comes in, like he's so good. He comes every Christmas with a big sleigh presents for the children. There's so many people that come in and, and made our Christmas so special. So we were delighted for ourselves. She came home and she wasn't like a normal heart child because she beat all the odds. It was like with so many... Um, so, so many wonderful moments with her because we only had to go for a checkup every six months and she just did amazing, did amazing, did amazing. So she was just a really kind child. She never cried from the day she was born. She barely cried. And um, when she was two, she could fall over, hit her head and she'd just get up and start laughing. And people were like, oh my God, what's the story? But she just was always happy, always had to have the crack, always had to have the laugh. And then my sister actually um, had her own business. She was a hairdresser, but she, she decided to become Baby and Destiny. So she gave up her company, went back and studied for the SNA course, and actually she became my became Baby's SNA for mm. the time she went to school, which was a great relief for us. So everyone in the school seemed to really love Baby because she um she always made everyone laugh. So people that know Baby know what I'm talking about now. She just always had to play the pranks, have the jokes. The only thing that really upset her was if someone was sad. And the thing that really upset her most is if I cried or if I got upset or if I got worried about anything to do with her heart, she gets so upset. So we we went on with life. We lived every moment like it was the last because I always knew I'd have to bury her. So from the day she was born, I knew that. And, like, and this th- th- this feeling that you have, this is in kind of describable. And I know it kind of upset people around you when you when you used to say this. But you always felt that Bavine was only ever going to be here for a short time. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So even the cardiologists, um, the condition she has is there's people in America and they're like 27 and 35. And we know actually we've recently found a 48 year old lady who's, who has the same condition as Davine, heterotaxy. It was so rare that it's only four children in, in, a, in a million that have it. And when she was born, there was only five other children in Ireland that we knew with the condition that, I, that I, we met up and we, um, we obviously formed a very close bond with her, with heart families. So, but no, I always knew that she was going to die young. And so much so that I had like the song in my head, If, if I Die Young by the band Purry. And when we brought her home, um, we, we waked her at home and her little white coffin came into our home and my husband and I stood over her coffin and we, we buried her in her communion dress. And I, I hadn't even planned this, but then I said, oh, and there's this song that I've been listening to for the last like 10 years and I just sorry, pretty much play it. And if you if you have a chance to ever play If I Die Young by the band Perry, it, it's her song. Everything about it was like when I'd be wearing white when I come into your kingdom and shining rainbows down. And yeah, I just always knew this was going to happen. But um, for the last three years, I, I told everyone, I don't think she's going to be okay in the valve operation. I think the yeah, valve operation... Is, is 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 the problem and you know and this this was the most recent one that she yeah. that she had back in September so the actual surgery itself was going okay yeah. and you actually got a uh, word from doctors and everything else that everything's fine but you still felt no, that she wasn't it's going to very frightening for people because they rang um we we had set up a little WhatsApp group for all um, our immediate friends and family to keep them updated and Owen was keeping them updated because they were ringing us. Um, she went down for surgery at eight o'clock in the morning, and at half they rang us throughout the surgery. It was a very serious operation, so they rang us throughout the whole surgery every two hours on the on the dot to let us know how she's getting on. And as usual with Baveen, she did amazing. That's because like all her life, she always did amazing. It was always like super duper. She's doing great. Everything's fine. All her checkups. She didn't present as a heart kid. She was like she was meeting all her peers like. Yeah. Um, she was the same height as everyone like whereas heart children can be a little bit like smaller for their age and they can suffer a bit but baby no nobody believed there was anything wrong with her because she presented as a completely normal child and um, what happened was they they rang us at half four and the surgeon came on the phone at that stage and said I'm so delighted I cannot believe how wonderful we we fixed this valve if I got some paid someone to do this it couldn't be as good as we done and she's flying it she's back in ICU we're just settling her will you make your way over from ICU and Owen was jumping up and down delighted himself because we were waiting for the operation for a very long time over three years and um, he turned around to me and said what's wrong with you like we won the lot oh this is great and I said no something's wrong something's really wrong and he's like, oh, I mean, stop, come on, we have to go over now. So it's about 10 minutes to walk from Ronald McDonald House over. And we we were in Crumlin a lot with, like, checkups and appointments and stuff. And on the way over, I'd never seen the morgue before, but something made me look up and I saw the morgue and I said, oh, we're going to be in there on, on Friday. We're going to be in there within the week. And he's getting more and more. So I said, come on, stop it, stop it. This is just, you know, panicking and freaking out. And then... They went in and with other parents, like this quite times in ICU, so six o'clock was the time that all the parents could come in. So they were all waiting to go into their little children. And we were in the hall and we were like, what's taking so long? And I hadn't been in ICU since 2011, so I mm. didn't know. So I was going, oh, and I hope everything's okay with Baveen. And then he said, why do you think it's going to be Baveen? Why do you think it's always Baveen? I said, I just don't know. I just, don't, I just think there's something wrong with Baveen. And then our critical illness nurse, Kathleen, came out of ICU and I said, Kathleen, is B okay? Is she okay? And she said, no, 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 she's not, I'm sorry. And then 
barely made it to the family room and Owen and we went in there and they, she said I'm sorry I have to tell you they're doing compressions on Davine and the next thing we saw people running from all over the hospital it was 27 people working on her for 45 minutes they got her back and they got her in life support thankfully because they got another four days with her but on the Tuesday that was Friday night and on the Tuesday I asked them please tell me what's wrong with my child please tell me what the future holds for us and they sat us down and they said she's her heart's okay and I was so so relieved I was like oh my god thank god her heart's back because that's all I ever worried about was her heart her mm. heart so in the end it was she received catastrophic brain injuries from the CPR so she had severe brain damage so I said okay okay look we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this and they were like no you don't understand there's no hope like there's nothing we're going to have to take her off life support so they took her off life support at 4 o'clock on Tuesday the 15th of September and then she died Four, 12 hours later exactly 12 hours later 4.07 on the 16th of September How do you keep going Irene because to me you're an incredible woman showing such strength how, how do you do it? Like everyone keeps saying that to us to all of me it's everyone saying how are you being so strong but do you know she died 10 years to the day so we found out that we were having a heart baby on the 17th of September 2010 and she died exactly 10 years later on the 16th of September 20 well, no sorry yeah no yeah 2020 how do we forget 2020 <laughs> and for me it's like it's if she'd gone even into the next day it would be 10 years in a day but she died 10 years to the day and I always knew every single baby like everyone who knows me that's listening to this everyone one of my family's friends like anyone that I speak to which is like so many people I spoke to about baby and I always would tell them this is going to happen and then everyone would tell me, no, 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 you're just wrong. It'll be fine and it'll be great. And then it always happened. So anytime she was going to get sick, I'd know five days before that something was going to happen to her. It just, I don't know. I just it's, just, it's just a sense. And this sense has continued because yeah. she is almost living through you because when you decided to do something in her honour, to set up this amazing page. Yeah. That decided that. So what happened was, that was the Wednesday and we were in the, like we walked into the morgue on Wednesday and I just realised we didn't even make it to Friday. We didn't even make the week. I said to him like we're going to be in there by Friday. We're going to be in the morgue on Friday a week. In next week we will be in there. And it was Wednesday. And I just like how is this how is this even real? How is this happening? And then this isn't actually a funny story but we were on the way down with Bevin so Owen drove behind me and I was in, in the hearse with the lovely gentleman Martin who was bringing us down, um, the undertaker. And I said, I'm so scared now. Because I told him all the story on the way down because he was, he was like a long time down from Dublin to Cork. Yeah. And I said, I just always know about baby. And I said, I've got a feeling it's going to crash. I'm so sorry. I know you think I'm mad. I know you think this is crazy, but I'm just really worried that something's going to happen. And I kind of freaked him out. And we got to the Jack Lynch tunnel and he went to the lights because there was a guard escort came um, to, to bring us to as quick as he could because it was rush hour traffic yeah and um, I was like please be careful Martin remember what I told you and he like he slowed down and next thing this brown mini nearly like had hidden to us if we hadn't said it like I don't know what would have happened <laughs> so the poor oh man like, he freaked out the rest of the journey but this is what happened with Davine like loads of these things have happened so we ha- we didn't really sleep from the Friday that she went into cardiac rest until after her funeral so her funeral was the following Friday a week to the day since she had her operation and then we had a lovely funeral we, we dressed all in bright colours 
It was a total celebration of her life. I didn't want anyone to be sad. In fact, we waked her the day before in our home and all her little friends, she had really the most amazing friends and she was in a little group called the Pink Ladies, her, her three besties. And they came, um, about seven or eight of her really good friends and their families because it was COVID. Like, it, was, it wasn't restrictions at the time, but they didn't want to have a big... I know, yeah. Just for her friends. And they actually, we put on their music and they used to have like these dances and these songs that they used to sing together. So we did that and we celebrated her life. And she always wore a hairband. She never went anywhere without a hairband. So she had a huge collection of hairbands. So we gave her hairbands to all her friends so that they could wear it to remember Baveen. And it was a lovely remembrance of her. And so was her funeral. It was a celebration of her life. At the end, we released all pink blooms up, up into the air for her. But it was on the Sunday that Owen and I went down to her grave and we were first time on our own and we were sitting there and it was our first time that it sunk in. Oh my God, she's gone. And then I got really sad. And the next thing there was this big sun just shone down on me. Like, I mean, the brightest you could ever see and it came to me and said oh I know what happened and he looked at me and he said I think God gave us an angel and we were never supposed to have a child and we only had her for 10 years to the day because she was never meant to be here she's only lent to us and then I wanted you to do something to remember her and as I told you she like she never cried she never whined she never moaned she never gave out everyone who knows her knows this all her teachers said it all her friends said it and parents and then at the funeral, we heard all these things that she'd done. Like mm. people started telling us, like, she'd always stand up for, like, you know, weaker children in the class, but she'd still be friends with them and the people who weren't being nice to them. Like, she had a way of being friends with everyone, but kindly telling everyone, look, we have to be nice, we have to... And she just loved animals, birds, cats, children, babies. She just had this amazing love for everyone. And then it just came to me, the whole story. So Owen is the person who designed the website, and we decided to do just for her friends, because they were taking it so bad, and her family, that we, we said, look, we'll try and get people to do random acts of kindness in her name and raise money for Wake-A-Wish because Make-A-Wish was such a good charity and helped her so much. She had such a lovely time in her wish in Disneyland. So we set it up um, with, her, with the help of her friends, Deborah and Michelle, because they're, they're very good at design and stuff, and, and Owen helped, and then I did the content. But we used to do a blog for her when she was a baby, and then the next thing, when I came home from the grave on that Sunday... I wrote her blog for the first time in nine years. I wrote the blog again and it was Hello from Heaven. Which is a story, which is a post, I think, that that everybody should read because this, you feel, is Bavine writing this from heaven and it's it's so, so poignant. But this has taken off massively, Irene. You've got people all around the world, New York Police Department, people in Argentina, people in Australia, people in Idaho, people in Thailand who are posting random acts of kindness through social media, through the the Heart Angel page, all in Bavine's honour. That must feel absolutely incredible. It must give you some comfort in this really, really difficult time. You know, it was really strange because like we put we only started it on the sixteenth of October to to mark her month mine math. Like her month mine anniversary. And then suddenly we were like just telling we didn't ask we the main thing was the acts of kindness. We just wanted people to do something nice in her name. And then not then it was if they wanted to donate they could. So her friends started donating like their pocket money and their tooth fairy money. And next thing people started like family started donating because they we'd gone on a different radio station here in Cork and I suggested that families do it as a way um, of connecting, you know, with each other during lockdown and that they do a random act of kindness as a family together. So they started donating as well. And like, it's over €12,000 now 
that she's raised since the 16th of October and it's still it's amazing. It, 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 it is, it absolutely is and it's all going to Make-A-Wish Foundation which is a wonderful charity uh, that is doing so much. It's brightening the lives of uh, children that are sick all over the, the, the world and the country. I think what you and Owen are doing, first of all, I think you're incredible people. I think Bavine was very, very lucky to have parents like you and she would be proud to, to, to see so <laughs> much kindness being being shown in her, her honour. I wish you and Owen better days ahead and I hope that the acts of kindness bring you comfort at this time and I thank you so, so much for being so honest in sharing your story with me on the show today. Thank you, Sinead. Thank you so much.